To get your free audio gift, The Three Pillars of Achieving Your Perfect Weight Using the Mind-Body Connection, go to freefitnessaudio.com and enter your first name and email address, and we'll send that to you right away. Welcome, everyone, to episode 39 of Healthy Mind, Fit Body Podcast. This is Wes, and I have Kevin on the other line. Hey, Kev. Hey, Wes. How's it going? Pretty well. I just got to work out a little while ago, and I stopped off at the uh, little Thai place we go to and had some Tom Ka chicken Ooh, soup. Yeah. Good. Which is very low carbs. It's got like green peppers and onions and chicken and uh, this other piece of a uh, root or some sort of fibrous substance of wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but uh, I think it's halfway edible. Sometimes I'll yeah. eat the small pieces, but the bigger ones is just, you can't do it. It's a little and much. It's got like this pungent taste to it too. Yep. I hope it's not poisonous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you had last week, right? <laughs> like I had, yeah, last Friday night, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I let's ate. tell that story. Oh boy. I ended up vomiting, aka hurling six times through the evening uh, as a result of eating, I believe it was a raw burger at <laughs> a place that I won't smear on the show, but uh, I have to have the talk with the management still because uh, I wasn't expecting to get a raw burger. I ordered a medium, and the lighting was really low, and I thought it tasted a little bit raw, but I attributed that to the melted cheese. Didn't think anything of it, and uh, about four hours later, I was uh, turning my stomach inside out, and that sort of series of uh, gut-wrenching episodes lasted for about six hours. But I survived. That's the key. Yeah, yeah. Survival is the key. Yeah, that's one way to lose some weight, right? <laughs> yeah, and get an ab workout all that's the true. same time. Yeah, that's not all bad. <laughs> yeah, what a horrible... It is all bad, actually. It was really achy. And, uh, you know, after you hurl, there's that sort of momentary relief. You're like, oh, it feels so much better. <laughs> it was only kind of like half that way. I yeah. still felt really bad after doing that. So it was yeah. a pretty bad dose of bacteria that I had, I'm sure. Yeah, well, on a positive note, we got some sunshine. Uh, it's been extremely cloudy here in San Diego, and I think it's since I've lived here, which is about six and a half years, this is the coolest and most sunless summer I've experienced. Mm-hmm. But we did manage to get out on a hike with a couple of other friends yesterday. Yeah, it was great. And got some sunshine out in the East County where there was sun and little breeze and about 79 degrees. So yeah, good times. Got some vitamin D production and um, got some really good exercise. There's those rolling fields of kind of wheat, uh, wild wheat, I guess it is, and the oak trees and cedar trees. Really fragrant too. Yeah. Good trip. So overall, good weekend. Uh, I went to a wedding on Friday and there was a lot of indulgences going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was kind of one of those serve yourself buffet line type of dinners. And uh, there was quite a bit of protein, so it was pretty nutritious. I mean, they had like the roast beef and the turkey, and they had a lot of salads, And uh, but then they had a potato bar, which was kind of a popular thing. You could get the potatoes and put the cheese and the bacon bits and all the mm-hmm. other goodies on it. Those are pretty tasty. Were they the big Idaho bakers? No, they were. The, it was the mashed potatoes. So oh, mashed potatoes. actually, it was in a it was in a martini glass. You put the potatoes in the martini. I didn't even try it because I had so many carbs on my plate already, <laughs> and I and I was drinking wine, and I knew that there was going to be dessert. So you know, got to cut out your carbs where you can. 
Yeah, usually when you go with the potatoes, you pretty much got to cut out all the rest of the uh, carbs, including the dessert, because uh, they are pretty carb-dense. Yeah, but nobody did. It was open bar, so uh, most people that I was with took advantage of that. In the spirit of the 4th of July weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was just the whole entire weekend, and then, uh, you know, the potatoes, and then, of course, the wedding cake, and, you know, it's just a whole lot of insulin spiking to go around for everyone. At the very least, they blew the zone diet, didn't they? Not really, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the zone. 0.75 not, to 1 ratio. No, not in the zone. Nobody 40, was 30, in the zone. I, I probably wasn't even in the zone. It was more like probably 80, 10, 10, perhaps. Yeah. But actually probably some more fat in the diet. Speaking yeah. of that, uh, fat, there's just a quick headline here I thought was kind of um, deeply disturbing. Titled, Woman Wants to be World's Fattest. New Jersey mother of two is striving to top 1,000 pounds. So she's eating her way to a target weight of 1,000 pounds as she strives to become the world's fattest woman. And uh, they have a video here, I guess. Or it's actually an article, too. So Yeah, it's taking that fat acceptance movement to the extreme, isn't it? Yeah. She weighs more than 600 pounds now. She's 42 years old. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's got a website going on trying to get some notoriety, I guess. But yeah. uh, why in the world would you ever think of ever doing this? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's this, uh, you know, notoriety, attention, look at me. And that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I can't diagnose this one. This is beyond belief. That she's received a book offer partly to give plus-size women more confidence. She wears size uh, XXXXXL clothing, which she buys mostly online and calls herself a member of the fat acceptance community. Wow. The bigger your butt is, the bigger belly you have, the sexier you are, she said, lounging on the couch in her home. Baby got back. Wow. Yeah. And then some. Yeah. So it's really sad, actually. And to think of confidence in relation to morbid obesity, it's just oxymoronic. I mean, confidence comes with being aligned with what is healthy for you and what's good for you and being able to achieve your values in life. And obviously, a value that is dangerous to your health and not good for you is not really that much of a value, is it? No. And that's what doesn't make sense is that it's one thing to say, okay, not everybody finds fat to be completely unattractive, but the health aspect overrides all of that because it's absolutely, you know, she's putting so much pressure on her heart to just keep all herself alive. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of missed in this whole, like, well, not everybody can be a supermodel. Not everyone can be thin and all that. It goes way beyond that. And people get carried away. And then we end up with thousand pound women. Yeah. I mean, everyone can be physically fit and healthy. And that's the point of healthy mind, fit body. And I guess there's the aspect of the psychological that's really not being addressed here. It's just more of like, oh, just accept this. And this is her goal. And that's that. But in fact, there's a person inside there that is pretty much in pain and sad about the state of affairs. And instead of doing something constructive about it, uh, goes off the deep end in this area. I mean, how is she going to take care of her kids and relate to them in a way that's actually, you know, functional? Yeah, that's a good question. So, something to consider. Yeah. Well, on another note, we had some questions come in and we haven't done questions in a while. So, we've got a couple here to cover. Indeed. We just came out of the two-part series with uh, Dr. Jim there. Yep. So the first one here is from Jen Downunda in Australia. 
And mm-hmm. by the way, Australia, I just found out, is the fattest country in the world. Really? It was shocking to me. Does that include the kangaroos and the wallabies? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's uh, not to insult them, but I spent a couple months in Sydney and I wasn't really impressed with Australia's food, the local food. <laughs> There's not a lot for me. There wasn't a lot to like. And I ended up eating a lot of Asian food because there's so much of that, but maybe uh, maybe the food is just really unhealthy, and I don't know. You can only handle so many uh, marsupial burgers, right? Yeah, yeah, the kangaroo meat is just not very good. I don't know, I think people eat it there because it's cheap. Perhaps. And it convince themselves that it's not bad. But if you smother it in barbecue sauce, yeah, you can get through a steak. Mm-hmm. So Jen wrote in and said, I recently discovered your podcast. I'm really enjoying your discussions. I've just finished listening to episode 18, the interview with Tom Naughton of Fathead, that documentary film. Can't wait to get my hands on the copy of that. So I find myself nodding my head a lot and agreeing out loud with most of what you say, particularly when you talk of the mind-body connection. However, I am still a little shocked with the excessively bad rap you give to whole grains as part of a healthy, varied diet. I absolutely see where you're coming from with your thoughts about the grain industry and hidden government and business agendas. We're not so hidden, right? (laughs) Yeah. And obviously, whatever the majority of people are doing or not doing is just not working for them. But here's the thing. I've never really had weight issues. I've stayed around the 50 kilo mark, which is 110 pounds, most of my adult life. I've never counted calories. I get bored keeping a food diary. Me too, Jen. Yeah. I don't over-exercise, and I barely eat takeout food maybe two to three times a month. So personally, weight is not my key focus when it comes to nutrition and exercise. However, a few years ago, doctors told me I have high levels of bad cholesterol and slight insulin resistance. Guess what they recommended? That's right. Increase my consumption of low GI carbs, glycemic index, avoid saturated fats, and exercise more, a minimum of an hour a day. Oh, and while I'm at it, reduce my stress levels and do not lose any weight. Great. In other words, become superwoman and do the complete opposite of what you're both advocating. (laughs) Yeah. I'm taking all of that pressure, I mean advice, from the doctors with a grain of salt. But I hope you can see where the internal conflict arises when I listen to your advice, particularly about consuming saturated fats and exercising less when the doctors say the opposite. Who to believe? Which scientific research is the one to follow? Well, I guess she should have consulted uh, Dr. Jim Carlson there, huh? Yeah, get one of the low-carb doctors to consult with. I mean, this is a good question because I think this is something that is really tough because we're brought up to believe that doctors have all the answers and you should just believe everything that comes out of their mouths, no matter what. Whoever the doctor is, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what else does she say here? I'm still wondering if whole grains are really that bad for you. What about their role in slowing digestion? What about the links between consumption of animal fats, like full-fat dairy with certain cancers? What if you do not have weight issues? What to change then? We should probably tackle these questions. So this is also good because it connects with what we're going to be discussing next week with Rob Wolf. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason to eat grains. So you know they are carbohydrates. They will raise your insulin levels, but they do a lot of other bad things too with your digestive system. And a lot of these uh, little health issues that people have sometimes are caused by eating grain because they eat too many grains. And she does ask, uh, what are the, the links between consumption of animal fats like full-fat dairy with certain cancers? Well, the thing about dairy is, and this is what Rob Wolf emphasizes too, is that it is growth-promoting, promotes growth in your body. So there are links between the full-fat dairy and cancers, or any dairy. 
You think those links are strong? Because I haven't seen enough evidence personally. Yeah, and that's the thing is I'm still open to the debate, and I think that we'll, we'll probably sort this all out next week. I mean, if I knew that dairy was going to give me cancer, I'd be the first one to stop eating it. Exactly. So I need to see some hard evidence there, and I have not seen it yet. So I'm looking forward to that. I don't think that there is hard evidence that it's linked to cancer. I think that there's hard evidence that it's linked to growth. Well, that sounds really vague to me. Yeah. I need to see the studies, basically. Yeah. But uh, definitely we know what the insulin factor is with the carbs and, and the whole grains and so forth. Yeah. And the other thing about grains is this isn't, I mean, it's still processed food, right? These aren't whole food. And people talk about whole grains, but what are grains? I mean, this is something that we've only had in human diet. We've only had them for 10,000 years. Yeah, if that. If that, right. Yeah, that's true. And so in my response, I said, uh, we did the interview with James Carlson, who has a strong background in biochemistry and has totally changed his tune about his dietary and drug prescriptions as a result of thinking critically and examining the evidence. Simply put, those doctors who advise you to do the opposite of what we've been advocating are dead wrong. Carlson even goes so far as to equate what they're doing as perpetuating a slow process of genocide, because doctors are putting so little thought into what they are actually advocating and paying so little attention to the negative results. Their do-no-harm credo is being violated on a daily basis. Paleo-humans and all their genetic precursors had practically no consumption of grains. They were pre-agriculture. So it stands to reason that our genes today just aren't modified to consume grains, especially in the amounts consumed today. Now, granted, a carb is a carb, and your body converts it all to glucose, but veggies and fruits are definitely more nutritious than grains. Next month, we'll be interviewing another paleo expert, actually next week, Rob Wolf, who will help us shed some light on the potential drawbacks of grains and even dairy products. I myself haven't seen enough credible evidence against full-fat dairy to forego cheese, yogurt, and cottage cheese. I stopped milk many years ago due to the excess carbs. Um, and until I do, I continue to get a portion of my protein and fat from dairy products. So then the other aspect, as far as that she's never really been overweight, I said, I appreciate that you are not overweight and so are wondering if what we advocate is necessary for you too. I've never seriously struggled with weight loss myself and neither has Kevin, yet controlling insulin levels is the name of the game here. This is why Barry Sears of The Zone Diet who was real thin before he figured out that eating all those grape nuts and other cereals weren't doing his body good, also switched from burning carbs for energy to burning fat for energy. Even if your own body doesn't store carbs as fat like it does for most people, the carbs you do eat still require insulin to process. Simply put, the more carbs you eat, the more insulin your pancreas must secrete, which causes a whole host of metabolic and systemic problems. So... That's something that we probably have focused on in the past a bit, that regardless of what your weight challenge is, the main factor in storing fat and keeping it there as fat is the insulin. Yeah, and also, if you're not fat, I mean, if you're thin, you still want to be eating things that are healthy for your body. These foods will affect you one way or another, and some people just won't put on weight, and that's that's just the way they're built. But you know, eating the wrong kinds of foods, the grains and things, um, you know, it's not going to do you any good and it could cause health problems. So I would stay away as much as possible. You know, I know we were all brought up with bread and crackers and cookies and all these things. 
And it's hard to imagine, you know, having a diet that has no grain. You know, I have that book by Joseph Mercola called The No Grain Diet. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to imagine for some people to actually eliminate grains from their diet, but it really is the healthiest thing. And I just, you know, I do the 80-20, just like we've talked about before, where, you know, most of the time I don't eat grains. Once in a while, I'll have something and it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. But, you know, keeping it away. I think her last question is important to cover too. That she asks about if we can cover specific types of fats. We talk about fats, all the, eating fats all the time. And she says, uh, what are some specific types of fats? Some examples. As it's still easy for the general population to mistake fats with sugar in the makeup of certain foods. So Thinking that the fat is fattening rather than the sugar being fattening. Yeah, I think that's what she's saying. So yeah, fats are good. I mean, there's a lot of good fats out there. And we talk about you know saturated fats and monounsaturated, polyunsaturated. Those are the kind of fats that we're talking about. And then specifically, I mean, we got nuts, coconut oil. Mm -hmm. Your dairy fats. Yeah, it just goes on and on. And, you know, peanuts are not nuts. I think that's something we've talked about before. They're legumes. But I love peanut butter. Yeah, peanut butter still tastes good. If you focus on the nuts and the other sorts of fats that are monounsaturated or saturated, you're going to end up getting enough of the polyunsaturated. So yeah, the omega-6s are something to minimize given the amounts that we do end up eating in the diet anyway. Yeah. But um, speaking of the fat recognition and that it's not bad, there was a uh, sort of... Bombshell. Yeah, I guess you'd call it a bombshell post <laughs> on the Huffington Post by Andrew Weil. You know, the guy with bald head and a big bushy white beard. Yes. Kind of, uh, he kind of looks portly, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, he does. I've never seen his whole body, so maybe he is pretty fit. But he basically came clean on the fat thing and looked at the evidence and realized, hey, saturated fat is not the spawn of Satan. Yeah, this is amazing because he's on CNN regularly with Larry King, and he's been pretty outspoken about his nutritional beliefs, and they're pretty much along the mainstream lines of the, like you said, the low-fat, high-carb diet and I think he was he a vegetarian something like that I think but he's come around and I think this is huge because he seems like a guy that's an honest guy you know he doesn't seem like he's trying to sell anything he really has got a lot of products and things like that mm -hmm. obviously he's willing to look at the evidence and come to the conclusion of what science says which is that uh, saturated fat is not associated with an increased risk of coronary heart disease mm -hmm. and adds that it turns out that sugars, sweeteners, and all that stuff lower your levels of HDL cholesterol and raise your triglycerides, which is exactly what Dr. Carlson was telling us, too. Um, it's all based on the evidence, and here's kind of the synopsis he wrote in this post. Science writer Gary Tobbs has done more than anyone else to deconstruct the Ansel Keys mythos and replace it with a more sensible view informed by better science. I recommend his book, Good Calories, Bad Calories, Challenging the Conventional Wisdom on Diet, Weight Control, and Disease, it presents more than 600 pages of evidence that deal with these four conclusions. Dietary fat, whether saturated or not, is not a cause of obesity, heart disease, or any other chronic disease of civilization. Two, the problem is the carbohydrates in the diet, their effect on insulin secretion, and thus the hormonal regulation of homeostasis, an entire harmonic ensemble of the human body. The more easily digestible and refined the carbohydrates, the greater the effect on our health, weight, and well-being. Well, there's kind of showing a little bit of the bias that he has there with the whole sort of carbohydrates rather than the refined ones. Yeah. Being type 1 diabetic, I know exactly how much insulin is required to deal with both those types, and there isn't much variation. Right. So, 
uh, carb is a carb, right? Yeah. Sugars, number three, sucrose and high fructose corn syrup specifically are particularly harmful, probably because the combination of fructose and glucose simultaneously elevates insulin levels while overloading the liver with carbs. Four, through their direct effects on insulin and blood sugar, refined carbohydrates, starches, and sugars are the dietary cause of coronary heart disease and diabetes. They are most likely dietary causes of cancer, Alzheimer's disease, and other chronic diseases of modern civilization. So, yeah, that's really big for him to come out with this. Mm -hmm. It just adds to the amount of people that are stating the truth and wanting to poke holes in the mainstream dogma. Yeah, and you think if you do all that and then you grow a big, white, hairy beard that you've got the epitome of health? Yeah, I think so. Big, white beard. And then you could double as Santa Claus. Yeah, that's true. Some good things there. Although you can't, you know, the big Santa Claus outfit isn't going to fit anymore. That sort of eating regimen. Yeah, you're going to be skinny Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. You could fit in one of those elf outfits. Yeah. So the last question we had, the second of the two we were going to address, was from Grant. He just basically asked about quinoa and what's up. He looks like quinoa. Yeah, I know. It looks like quinoa, and that's how I used to pronounce it, but it's actually quinoa. And it's a goose foot found in the Andes. Not the foot of a goose, but <laughs> rather a plant called the goose foot variety where it's widely cultivated for its edible, starchy seeds before the introduction of whole-world grains. So, Yeah, a lot of people ask about quinoa. I get, I've gotten that question before, and everybody thinks it's a grain because it's kind of like a brown rice type of taste, but it's actually not a grain. Yeah, it's a seed. It's a seed, and it says it's a relative of leafy green vegetables like spinach and Swiss chard, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, but it's... Better to eat the spinach and the Swiss chard than to go for something like quinoa, which is high carb, right? And it's got some protein in it, and it's got some good things. Well, a cup is 23 grams, apparently. And we do mention it in Healthy Mind Fit Body, the book, um, in passing, just to break the monotony if you need something different and you're kind of craving something that tastes like brown rice. Yeah. It is a pretty nutritious seed. So, yeah, it's best to just eat it in moderation and um, focus on what matters most is... The energy from fat in your fruits and veggies. Exactly. And uh, adequate protein. Keep it simple. You betcha. So that about concludes this 10-minute episode. Oh, I mean this (laughs) 20-minute episode. Yeah. Here we go again, Kev. There we go. Can't keep it down. Next week will be probably about a 90-minute episode or more. Oh, dear God. (laughs) Maybe I'll have to just split that up into three sections, three parts. Yeah, there's an idea. Or we could be like Rob Wolf and have like 10 cups of coffee or shots of espresso while we uh, do the podcast. Could do that too. Just line them up there. (laughs) Yeah. Espresso shooters. Exactly. (laughs) And before we forget, just like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you go to freefitnessaudio.com, you can download our sort of introduction to the basis by which we talk about things on the podcast, write about things on the blog, and base our book on the three pillars of achieving your perfect weight through the mind-body connection. And you can download that for free and get started on this whole program. Yep, exactly. Okay, well, that wraps up this episode. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. 